feel about pooping in public? Like public restrooms? Um, I'm okay with it as long as no one I know knows that I'm doing it. It's like covert, you know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm going to go check out this shirt real quick in the guy section. And then you just like sprint. Okay. I was just curious. I was thinking about that this morning. Why? How do you feel about it? That's uh, fine. Absolutely fine. I mean, I only. it's not like I don't pay $350 a month for a place in town just so I have a place to go to the bathroom when I need to. Hey, you know what's funny? Um, a girl I dated in high school, her her dad was telling me a story of how when he first married his mom, or I'm sorry, when he, when he first married my girlfriend's mom, um, he was so terrified of pooping in the house with her that he would go to the gas station nearby anytime he had to go to the bathroom because um, he know, didn't he didn't want her okay. to like... I can see that because I... I yeah. Do you ever do like, you know, you're in someone's house and you poop by accident? <laughs> I mean, hey, hey uh, I'm going to go to your kitchen. Yeah, oh, right. oh, no. Not like poop by accident in their house, but like if you realize, <laughs> you realize like I don't have a choice. I got to go here and you don't. Well, well, that's not an accident. Stinks, but like you don't want, you want to avoid yeah, it, right? Yeah. And then you do like, because I work in people's houses, right? So sometimes I got to go and I don't want to go to the gas station, even though I will do that at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, oh, dang, that stinks. Like, and you don't find an air fresher anywhere. So do you ever lather up your hands with soap, right? You get oh. them all lathered up and then wave them. You just wave what? them all over the bathroom. Yep. And then that puts the fragrance of the soap and it kind of masks the smell of the poop. You've never done that before? No. I know somebody's done typically, that. Typically, typically, if the air is not pleasant, if you just run back and forth really fast, it like will move the air around quicker. So just like I'd be afraid it would move it in the wrong direction. <laughs> like and waving your hands wouldn't. Yeah, I remember. I remember this one time. <laughs> we're gonna get to a point here. I was at this was back in May of 2016. I just started the keto diet, mm-hmm. right? And in the first week of the keto diet. Your bowels are really sensitive, I'll just say. So there's a let's just say cleaning out process that happens. Yeah. Cleanse. And I'm and I'm working in somebody's house right now. I have a I've worked there before. I've used the bathroom there before. And this time I'm working in the basement, mm-hmm. right? And I thought, perfect. This is gonna be the perfect week because surely in this finished basement of this five or six hundred thousand dollar home, there's a bathroom. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Not a bathroom in this house, right? In the basement of this house. And I'm like Mortified because, like, every two hours I was upstairs, like, going <laughs> so, to the bathroom. So, were they home? They were home okay, for a little so, bit. So they knew. And, and I, I did say a couple times, like, I'm sorry, I got some serious GI distress going <laughs> no, on here. You don't I mean, I had, I had to because I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm not sick. I just have some GI distress. And I probably made up some, like, like some kind of new medication or something that has my bowels all in turmoil. Wow. That was really like that, that was, makes it any better. That was probably the worst experience of my life of having to like destroy their bathroom oh dude yeah Yeah. story of my life man i've i've had stomach things my whole life and i'm constantly plagued by that embarrassing conversation or or you're like hey i have to go pee and then you're gone for 10 minutes yeah and then it's like man that was a long pee yeah but never no one cares anymore it's like well face i got involved in a facebook conversation on the phone yeah 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 Yeah, right you ever poop your pants yeah man are you serious? I was just kidding. Like I wasn't expecting you to take that literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then just kidding. No, I haven't. Everybody's prey dogged a little bit and got a little smear. I know they have. No, why are we talking about the, what? What's your angle with this? Allowing yourself the freedom to poop 
anywhere you want without fear of anything. I mean, not anywhere. Like, you don't want to pop a squat in the middle of town, you know. But, like, in any public toilet, I think is a form of self-care. Self-care? Like, taking care of yourself, knowing that, hey, this is natural. This is something. I don't need to be embarrassed about this. Everybody does it. It's a natural product of our of our body. So I think I should allow myself the liberty to be able to poop and be okay with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I wonder why it's such like a stigma. And even going off of like the gross topic of feces, like going to the gym, a lot of people are very embarrassed about going and they refuse to be seen in public working really hard and sweating and being all red in the face. But you're, you're taking care of yourself, right? You're, you're, you're doing your body, um, a good service. Wow, we really spun that poop talk into something serious here, didn't we? Well, I I didn't want to continue on the whole time about that. You didn't want to run. You didn't want it to be running no. longer than it runny. No, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like you have diarrhea of the mouth. Oh, maybe. Ooh. So anyway, yeah, the gym too. Like the gym, you, yeah, you even even somebody who thinks they're they're overweight uh, is afraid to maybe go to the gym for mm-hmm. the first time because they're like, I don't belong in a gym. No, you do belong in a gym. No, that was mean. Uh, <laughs> I don't geez. mean that. I've been there, so I I know. Well, so John, if I if I had to, ask, oh, I'm going to ask you, what does? Uh, yes, I pooped my pants too. That's what I was wondering. That's what everybody was wondering. <laughs> and you're like, and it happened this morning. No, almost. I was um, trying to get the bacon finished before <laughs> I had to go. I didn't want to leave it there to get too crispy. And um, what does self love? self-care what does that mean to you what is it what does it mean to love yourself pg version oh boy because <laughs> <laughs> so i can think of a very specific oh jeez, probably yeah, what does it mean to love yourself that's a good question and i could come up with a variety of different answers but if i'm really trying to be honest with i don't I don't know for me personally. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know because for me, anytime I think about doing something for myself, mm-hmm. I always think you don't deserve this. You yeah. didn't work hard enough to do this. Like there are other things you could be doing other people that might need this more than you do. And you could be giving them an opportunity to do it. And so even, even that like, if I did go do something, because I I needed it, that I enjoyed it. I don't know that I'd be able to fully truly embrace that because I'd be always thinking about what it took for me to have that. Mm-hmm. So the second you start thinking about self care, self love, it kind of feels like a selfish act to you. It, it does, yes, yeah. Because I'm the exact same way, and it sucks because I don't know. I don't know the answer to my question. What is it? What does self love? What does self care mean? I mean, I I feed myself every day. I wash my body every day. I let myself sleep. So does that mean I'm taking care? Does that mean I care about myself? I guess in some ways, like if I didn't care truly about myself, I would let myself go. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is a form of it. But does that count as self love? Yeah. Because that's almost like, no, that's just, being responsible and taking care of myself. <laughs> right. I, I think what people what people mean when they say you have to love yourself, I don't know if they necessarily mean that in a physical way. They mean that in an emotional way. 
you know, you can't love somebody else if you don't know how to love yourself first. I I, I hear that said all the time. Yeah. I don't think people really know what that means. Um, I don't. I don't. Yeah, it's confusing. What, what do you mean? I have to love myself first before I love I mean, somebody else. Not that there's not any truth to that. That might be true, but I don't know that I know how that manifests itself. Yeah. Um, I was just curious because, like I said, people. I mean, there's even that. Uh, was it Justin Bieber song? He has a song called "Love Yourself," um, and it's a, it's just this huge topic right now, and I find it extremely confusing when when you get out of a relationship someone says you just got to focus on yourself man you got to be selfish you got to like do what you want to do not even worry about what anyone else is thinking and i'm like dang that i don't want to i don't i don't like i don't know if that means i don't care about myself that much or what but i don't want to just focus on myself all the time yeah well speaking of justin bieber i mean timmy timmy already dropped that hint because he wrote that song, we decided to bring him on the podcast today. So we had the wonderful privilege of Skyping with, with Justin. Let's see if we can patch him in right now. Yeah, Ju- Justin, you there? Oh, whoa. <laughs> while we're waiting, Tim's going to sing. No, that was so him anyway. singing. He was singing, baby. He looks like... Damn it, Tim. I forgot to pay the internet bill again. Well, next time. Next time. Anyway. <laughs> sorry justin we'll sorry people time. we really were hoping to bring him in today we'll try to get it another date i'll but, text him and I'll, yeah. I'll apologize um in the meantime though we'll try to pretend what we know he's talking about in his song love yourself and and i was as i was trying to get my connection here with justin bieber and <laughs> i wasn't really paying attention to what you said last but you feel like all this time to loving yourself like it's almost like you feel like you don't deserve that yeah no i don't like um like uh whenever i got out of the relationship i was in you know everyone's like you got to be selfish you have to focus on what you want you have to learn to love yourself and yeah you know i like i went to therapy and i you know started working out and you do all these like things but i don't think that's where i don't i don't think that's like the answer um whenever i was going through like that massive depressive state that i talked about in the earlier episodes um after like the Bidwell tour and my grandpa passing away, focusing on myself was the least helpful thing I could have done. It was like giving myself to, you know, volunteering and giving myself to a community and making myself of service to people is when I really found healing. And I don't think that's loving yourself. I think that's being selfless. Do you think, just not to cut you off here, I'm just riffing, that healing came from that? Or it was enough of a distraction that allowed enough time to pass to move real healing aside to where you felt like you didn't need to. Oh, that's a good question. I have to think about that. But because no doubt helping other people does increase dopamine and it does help you feel better. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like a lot of times we'll do that. Mm -hmm. But it like it works to help us feel better, but it doesn't help us address the thing that we needed to get beyond. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like a coping mechanism that that would be a healthy one. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling this thing. I don't know. I can't just sit here in my own thoughts. So I'm going to go help other people. And, and that's helping that, but it's not actually getting to the healing that needs to happen, the processing of the event that happened <clears throat> yeah. and coming to a good place of like feeling good about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not making one argument one way or the other here. I'm just No, that's a good point. I I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it is a distraction. It's getting yourself out of your own head. 
um, it's, it's confusing because self-love and self-care can mean accepting uh, accepting the situation in your head, accepting just this is how things are, maybe finding mm-hmm. like finding peace with scenarios could be a lot of a form of like self love. Yeah. Um, and, uh, maybe if you're not ready to, to fight that battle, going and helping charities and volunteering can mm-hmm. be, cause no doubt that does help. I'm not, I don't want to be critical of that. Yeah. Uh, cause that's a very good thing to do. Um, but I think maybe sometimes people do that and then think that that because they're feeling better mm-hmm. after doing that, whatever it was that kind of pushed them to do that, they haven't fully addressed that. Mm-hmm. And that might, that might reveal itself at later times in your life, whether that's something traumatic that will come up and that you'll be carrying that never fully, you know, having processed that and all the feelings that come with it. And maybe so, it's not so much more with like a death, but like a relationship turmoil, things yeah. like that, that happens. And then maybe you don't talk about it, but then a couple of days go by and it's kind of like glossed over. Let's kind of forget about it. Yeah. But I still think there are some things there that might need pro- closure. I guess a lot of times with breakups and things like mm-hmm. that, people feel like they can't fully ever get past it and they don't have any closure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Thoughts, well, you know? yeah, that, that makes sense. It's like um so so you're saying if you throw yourself into something immediately it's like a distraction in a sense and taking time so I had a conversation with someone um I have a, another friend of mine who just got out of like a 6 year relationship and and I had a conversation with them and I was like so what are you going to you know like what, what are you going to do you know, cause some people immediately start hooking up with other people and some people try to get right back into the dating scene. And some people say, well, I'm just going to do my thing for a while. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Do your thing for a while? Like, can you define what that means? Like, I'm, I'm just curious. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here, but everyone has their different ways of dealing with it. And they were like, you know, I'm just going to kind of, you know, just w- work on myself for a while. And I was like, well, can you, can you tell me what that means? Like, yeah. can you tell me what I'm going to work on myself, you know, and, they say, well, I'm going to start, you know, eating better and I'm going to start working out. And you know, put um, some of that antifungal cream on my toenails. <laughs> need to clean that up a little bit. And then, and then I wonder, well, why weren't you doing that when you were dating that person? But anyway, I just find it very interesting because I do think we just fill our head with distractions to avoid the harsh truth of just dealing with the scenario at hand because it's just too, right. it's too painful. Yeah. I mean, that is a, I think that's a common one in relationships a lot where, a breakup happens mm-hmm. and if it's a long relationship there's a lot of of needs that that relationship filled in your life mm-hmm. again i'm not any relationship expert or anything like that this is just how i see it um how i think about it you know, and a breakup happens for whatever reason maybe it's a maybe it's a toxic relationship maybe you guys just realize you're not good for each other and you move on yeah. So many reasons. So many reasons. But like, if it's been a long relationship, like there's a lot to process there. There's oh, a lot yeah. of who you are tied up in that relationship. And if maybe you don't take some time to kind of deconstruct who you are mm-hmm. or who you were in that relationship, it might not be a good idea to jump right into another one. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the things, especially if it wasn't a very good relationship, um, thankfully you finally realize like, this isn't good. I got to get out. Yeah. Um, 
might be good for both of you to get out. Who knows? But like to sit back and figure out like what things did I contribute to? What things did they contribute to? Um, uh, that what made this bad and, and figuring that out before you move on to the next one. Because if you never truly address those things, they'll just show up again in the next relationship. Yeah. Like that new relationship will feel really good, really fresh in that honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. But then those same things that maybe have led to a, a bad relationship in the past. Mm hmm. Might just creep up in the new one too. At yeah. the time, and yeah. I think we see that play out time and time again in a lot of different relationships. And, um, and you know what's funny is some people might say, you know, oh, this this is what's good for you. This is what's healthy for you. Like you should do this. And then in a sense, that sounds like it's self love. I'm doing. I'm doing. This is the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone truly knows what the best thing is for you yeah. except yourself. Maybe in that moment, yeah, it feels like it's the best thing for you because we're not able to see long term. Yeah. Like this is really good for me, but yeah, no, this is a great, this is a great topic too. I'm glad you brought this up because there's a lot of things I see people too, like self love weekend, and then like these people getting like starting off with a twelve pack of donuts, and then drinking these pumpkin spice lattes, and then going out spending a bunch of money on dinner, and then you know splurging on dessert and ice cream, and like and and having a bunch of drinks and all of these things, and I'm like. Is that self-love? Because you might feel good doing that stuff. Like there's an emotion that you're chasing. Yeah. A feeling that you're chasing. But are those things you're using to get it healthy or not? Drinking, for example, or even drugs, even weed. (laughs) There's a feeling that you're after that you think might be self-love because that's what you would want to feel if you really felt loved and cared for. Mm -hmm. But is the methods you're using to get there good <laughs> it's just a question yeah who are we to say just a question like i you know i see the people going to the gym thinking like hey self-love self-care i'm gonna go to the gym and i'm gonna work out and then i see them two three four times a week like putting a complete stress on their body you know going anaerobic and pegging their heart rate multiple times a week and lifting way too heavy and not giving your body a chance to recover you know, getting low, you know, sleep six, four, five, six hours of sleep a night mm-hmm. that they might feel good doing that feeling like, yes, I'm loving, I'm carrying myself, I'm working hard. Yeah. But those decisions, working your body that hard, getting lack of sleep, like long term, it's not healthy to do that. You know, and you might get burnt out. You just kind of spark something in my head. And this is something that I've been trying to do, but I haven't really been able to define what it is. So I find the things that are adding stress to my life. And so a lot of the stress is um, me making up scenarios in my head, trying to put pieces together in life, and sometimes they just aren't pieces that you know what I mean. I, I um, I'm always trying to create something out of nothing. Essentially, is like we've talked about that, about that before. And so my form of self love is just trying to turn those things off or try to reverse these patterns that are adding stress. So I look at it's almost like a little list I have. And all the things that are deteriorating my life and taking away from my joy, I try to find ways to reverse them um, and address them. And maybe that is self-love, maybe? <laughs> I think so, because it's recognizing, okay, here's something in my life. It's not going the direction I want it to go, even maybe causing me pain. But it wasn't always this way. Yes. <clears throat> so how did that start? And maybe I can reverse it. Mm-hmm. I get that. So maybe that's how it, maybe that's what that term means. But I, I agree. I don't think self love 
is saying F it and buying like a yeah dozen donuts and going out with your going out with your boys and your girls and like just getting hammered and yeah you know sleeping with like some random person and then waking up and then I just I don't I think that is you um, I don't know and and to be honest with you I don't know how many people that really I, I more see the self love is like kicking back eating a gallon of ice cream and not giving a rip about eating the gallon of ice cream. Well, I mean, I know, know I know I know people who have been suppressed in relationships and they were deprived of like sex, they were deprived of like emotional connection. And so when they get out of that relationship, they are they're like Yeah, they might feel like I need this. Well, yeah, I want this. Yeah, body they, wants this. Yeah, and, like I know someone who got out of a relationship and they were sex deprived and they were just deprived of literally everything. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to be selfish. Like they said that I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to do what I want. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's like very dangerous grounds to be in because, um, yeah. Cause I don't so know maybe, if that's self love. Yeah. I think no. that's, I think that's just you acting uh, impulsively uh, yes. on a desire that you think you need, yes. which I'm not, I don't want to say that's wrong. But it's probably a very strong feeling that you think you need that. And maybe sometimes people just need to go make that mistake to realize that wasn't helpful. (laughs) Um, You're not a failure. No. Um, But forgive yourself. Maybe forgiving yourself is a sign of self-love. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Of realizing, listen, I made a mistake. Owning it and realizing. Yes. And forgiving yourself. Yeah. I totally Um, agree. That's I know that's something I struggle with. I'll oftentimes, if I do something wrong and I even say I shouldn't have done that, and then maybe say I repeat that behavior, um, move, really moving on from that and forgiving myself. Like if it's something in the past, you know, yeah, I did that. That was a mistake. I've learned from it. And being able to walk away from that, mm-hmm. knowing that's not the entirety of your being. Um, that's really hard to do, though. <clears throat> so, know? uh, <clears throat> I I, uh, I work with domestic violence, um, and I work with a lot of women in d- domestic violence, and a lot of people that I talk to, they struggle with you know leaving their situation. It's very hard because they don't want to believe that the person that they're with is bad, um, and a big thing that we try to co- we try to convey is you know you're worth more like you're worth more than what's happening to you mm-hmm. and what i'm getting at is leaving leaving bad people behind is a form of self-love in yeah. a sense and, and saying no to relationships saying no to people who um are are bad for us and recognizing when they are bad for us because there's so many people and friends and relationships we have where we justify it and we find ways around it to make it okay <clears throat> but if you really look at it, it's like this person is so bad to be around and I need to look out for myself because I'm going, I'm sinking with the ship. Yeah. And it's not, and you're not a, I would even go as far as say you're not a bad person for wanting to stay and help that person. No, not at all. Um, because even that person that you might be with or whatever, they're not, they weren't born bad. We've had that conversation. Um, they got that way for some reason, but that might not be your job. Fixing them. Is not for you right now. No, like that's not your responsibility right now. Um, and I, and and maybe through no fault of yours, you don't have what they need to help them not be the way they are. Mm-hmm. And the best thing for you to do, and even them, would be leave. Yeah, and to get out, uh, realizing that you're just going nowhere. Yeah, and you, you, if anywhere, you're both going backwards because neither of you are necessarily good for each other. Yeah, you aren't doing um, any favors and staying. 
And again, so it comes out to asking yourself, are, am I with this person because I'm just so lonely that I'd rather have this than nothing at all? You know, at least I know what I'm coming home to. At least I know, you know, mm-hmm. even if they make me feel like shit, at least I know what I'm coming home yeah. to. That's way easier to. There's a comfort there. Which yeah. sounds really bad, but it's not, com- it's not comfort at all. It's no. just that knowing. It's the lesser knowing, of two evils. You know, maybe learning, well, this, maybe this time will be different. Yeah. You know, maybe this time will be different and it, it won't be like that. So maybe yeah. self love is putting yourself first in that scenario. It's so weird because I don't think there's a black and white because like, I think in that scenario, it's good to be selfish and be like, this is hurting me. I need to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fun to like kind of pick these apart because it's just interesting. Yeah. We could go a lot of different directions, obviously. Um, have we really even got to like, what would an example of, of self love, self care be? And I, and I wonder if it is those, those things, those taking, 10 minutes putting mm-hmm. the phone down and going on a walk. Don't bring the dog. Don't bring the kids. Don't bring anybody. Just go for a walk. So it's intrinsic. You mean like an, in, so you're doing something solely for yourself mm-hmm. with nothing. And you're not expe- caring expecting about nothing anybody in else. Nobody's expecting anything of you in those 10 minutes. Maybe we're so starved for self love. We feel like it's got to be like a week long vacation. Yeah. We don't think possibly 10 minutes could do anything. Or are we thinking that there has to be a reward to it? Like, well, if I'm doing this, I need to get something from it. Right. And maybe you don't have to get anything. Yeah, you're chasing a feeling, but maybe that <laughs> feeling's not going to come because maybe self-love isn't even about a feeling at all. Maybe hmm. self-love, proper self-love, that good feeling will come over time. Yeah. And it will come so it, it will and you won't even realize you're in a much better place a year from now mm-hmm. than you were. And maybe that's what self-love is. Maybe, maybe there isn't, maybe we have it built up in our head that self-love, we will achieve a feeling in that moment, but that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. It's compound interest over time. A little bit of self-love today for 10 minutes, maybe this evening, if I get a chance after the kids are in bed or then tomorrow and these routine daily things that we know these little things over time. And then six months from then, we might not even realize how far we've come, mm-hmm. but we know we're better. Yeah. We know we feel better. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking about my own life. And I'm no, that makes about, sense. I, I agree with that. Um, I know, uh, probably two years, about two years ago, like my anxiety got really bad, mm-hmm. really emotional, a lot of mood disorders. Like I could turn on a dime. Um, from being great and happy, but if somebody said the wrong thing, I would. If the wrong thing happened, I'd be gone. And I went in and I I saw a psychiatrist, and he was like, "Dude, you have some serious worry issues here. You've got a lot of anxiety. Here's a drug." And um, I was desperate at that point for mm-hmm. a drug, and I tried antidepressants in the past, and maybe saw some results. I, I don't know. I felt like I. I don't know. I just, I don't know that there was any thing beyond a placebo. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave me these anxiety medication. I think it was, um, Buspar maybe Buspiron. There was a Bupropion or something like that, that I had <laughs> taken, but then there's a Buspar, Buspiron, whatever. And for the first couple of weeks of taking this anxiety medication, I did feel better. 
again, I don't know if it was just a placebo I'm, or if it really did help me for a little while. I'm not necessarily anti-medication, but I definitely am anti-taking it forever mm. um, because I do believe. Anyway, so for me in that moment, that was that helped me to understand like nothing matters. Like taking that anxiety medication, all of a sudden these things that might have caused a response, mm-hmm. I, I didn't do anything and nothing changed. Hmm. So I learned over time, like, oh, I was freaking out about nothing. Mm-hmm. If I just don't do anything, like, my behavior doesn't do anything. Right. Eventually, it still continued to get worse, and I just quit medication altogether. And since then, um, and a series of lifestyle changes, dietary changes, and things like that, getting exercise to a point where I enjoy it, mm-hmm. I don't need to do it. I think over the past few years, I am in a much more better state than I was before. I think that's self-love. Yeah. Let me play off that real quick. Yeah. Because this recently happened to me. <clears throat> I like, like I've said before, my mind is always going. It's always playing tricks on me. It's always um, just, it's just always going. And I'm always creating these things in my head. And to the point where I find that I'm almost always living in a constant state of stress. And, my life is very, very good. Like I have very loving people around me and you know, I've, you know, I've, I've so many things to be thankful for, but I still just put this un, um, unneeded stress in my life. And so I went to the doctors like two or three weeks ago and just because I was having like this weird like thumping in my stomach and the doctor took my blood pressure, they're like, holy crap, your blood pressure is 160 over a uh, hundred and which is stage two hypertension, which is like a step before stroke heart attack. <laughs> and so they like plugged me into all these machines and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm 28. Like, what do you mean? Uh, like, I don't like, I don't eat junk food. I don't drink soda. You know, I, I, I work out like three or four times a week. And so they like threw this blood uh, pressure medication at me. And I agree with John, like medicine is good to get you over the hump. It's good to, you know, short term. But I was like, I do not want to take medicine the rest of my life. And so I started really researching, like, how can I, how can I better this? And, you know, the number one thing is exercise, meditation, yoga, which is, you know, ways of, it's more so your mind. It's a lot of it is a mind game and just learning to calm your mind learning to still your mind. And what John said that regardless if you stress and freak out all day or you're so chill, it, that doesn't change the outcome of what's going to happen. Like you, it's like worrying is like a rocking chair. You can keep going, but it's not going to get you anywhere like that whole saying. And so just practicing that mindfulness, pra- practicing um, trying to have control over my mind in a sense, or at least not control or almost letting go of control, letting the thoughts just kind of go that's been super helpful. And so the long story short, I never took the medicine. I started meditating twice a day, putting more of an emphasis on my diet and working out. And uh, my blood pressures dropped like dramatically in the past three weeks. I'm now like at a very normal level. And um, that is probably self care. It's like me taking ownership of the fact that my mind is doing this. Um, yeah. Finding, okay, something happened. What's the cause? Like, there might not always be a clear-cut cause. No. But there might be things we can do overall to help our lives out. Yeah. Um, so many people think stress is just a, uh, a deadline 
Um, they think it's, uh, you know, screaming kids, things like that. Stress shows up everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Um, it can show up at the gym. Um, working out too hard, too many times a week is a stress. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's a stress on your body. Like playing video games, playing is stressful. video games. We were just talking about that this morning. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you get to the boss level and you're like, oh, your body's all tense. You know, watching The Walking Dead is stressful too. You know, watching TV shows, connecting to these characters, like all of those things. Driving in traffic. When you're hungry, that's a stress. One of the things that people don't understand, like with a high, again, I'm just going to jump into health coach mode for a little bit. You eat a high carbohydrate, high sugar diet, high grain diet. Um, where you're constantly reliant on on glucose and carbohydrates, like your blood sugar is going to be all over the place. Whereas if you eat something, well, two or three hours later, that crash, your blood sugar dropping, that's your brain saying, dude, you're hungry, you're starving, you're going to die. Um, if you don't get something to eat, that's a stress response mm-hmm. every two or three hours. You know, that's why it's important to eat a healthy diet where that promotes a stable blood sugar all the time mm-hmm. where you're not going to get that intense stressful you need to eat something now or you're gonna die response Mm -hmm. you know it it drives me insane with with kids and the things the diet the kids eat that are you know full of grains and breaded you had a bread like come on people like you don't need to put breading on the chicken just to get kids to eat it okay like we created this environment for kids like you look at the kids menu at restaurants yeah i'm on a soapbox now get over it You look at the kids' menu at restaurants, and it's grilled cheese, peanut butter and jelly, you know, chicken nuggets, macaroni and cheese, and it's all of these things. And I'm like, why can't the kids just eat the grown-up food? Mm. Can they create a smaller portion of any of the grown-up meals? Like, our kids anymore? Like, we used to because it was easier. I didn't know any better. But, like, a very super high-carbohydrate diet for kids, like, that's why they need to snack every two or three hours mm-hmm. because their blood sugar is dropping because their body is saying, we're hungry, we need to die, when, no, stop that stuff, that high sugar. I look at the kids' lunch menus, and there's grains almost every little thing, and I'm not, I don't want to get into the whole vilifying grains debate, but, like, there's a lot about nutrition that is wrong mm. that we're teaching, and new science and new studies research that if Anybody wants to talk more about that, I'd love to. I don't want to make this whole thing about that. But even those things from a young age Mm -hmm. are things that might contribute to long-term stress and poor sleep, poor sleep in kids. I just read an article this morning about the lack of sleep in kids creating so many health problems both now and long-term. There was even in in the military, like more than ever before, they've been denying people in the military because they're obese. Mm -hmm. Because... That's never happened before. Mm -hmm. Something is clearly amiss. I think a lot of today we need to look at sleep. We need to look at diet. We need to look at lifestyle. There's so many contributing factors as to why we're all so stressed out all the time. I do think a lot of it is a learned behavior. You're right. Like, so, um, self love is interesting. Uh, gosh. Can I get back on my soapbox for a minute? Sure. (laughs) All the activities for kids and stuff like that, like they're in this program and this program and this program and, and things like that and and the parents needing help from other you know from p- other people to get their kids to certain places like i think it's good to have kids involved with other children mm. but at the extent that people do where it's sacrificing their schoolwork at night with homework it's sacrificing their sleep at night it's stressing out the parents because they've got to figure out i just i think all of these things are all good things but man there's certainly an abundance that 
maybe it's not going to be so good. Mm-hmm. Maybe pick one sport. Mm-hmm. Be in that one sport, and that's it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like there's this whole culture inside of families now it's like we got to get our kids involved we got to get them involved in all of this stuff and we don't want them to miss out mm-hmm. i just don't i don't know i'm not i don't want to speak definitively i have some opinions but do we even know if that's helpful hmm. like what if we just said you know what no we don't have to live that we don't have to be involved in so much we can slow our life down And maybe we'll have a much more fulfilling life if it's slowed down and we're not constantly running everywhere doing stuff. Um, Some people might handle that pretty good. Hmm. But I think then what about all the other people that can't but then feel like they've got to keep up because they're not doing enough for their kids or for themselves? And then that creates undue stress when in reality, no, you don't have to do enough. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that. Somebody just said at one point you have to do that, but you really don't. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, that was okay. I'll, I'll step back off myself. <laughs> no, it's <so>. interesting. <laughs> These are just things that I think about all the time. And maybe that's the anxiety coming about of thinking about long term more than the here and now. But I also feel like you do have to think about these small things well, because all of these small things add up your actions today dictate where you're going to end up. I always, I always say that to people is we're like, you know, the slight edge. Well, yeah, it's like, if, if you really want to be a writer and you want to be, I don't know, you want to be a news anchor on TV, the actions that you do today are going to dictate the outcome of that. If you don't do anything today, why do you expect you, how do you think you're going to be there tomorrow? Mm-hmm. If you don't do it, if you don't do the steps now. Yeah. But going back to what we were saying, the good and bad actions too, like the writer, Hey, write for a half hour a day. Right. And if you write every day and you develop that good habit and that's something you enjoy, but in the same way, Wait, two hours a day? You're writing for two hours a day and you're staying up late writing two hours a day and you're sacrificing sleep and your health because you th- maybe that's not well, well, a good way. Yeah, so I think a lot of it's learned and I'm not putting it all on parents, but if you see your dad really struggle with uh, like masculinity or something like that, and um but whenever he's in public he just plays this macho man he's you know he's honking at people he's yelling at people at sports games he's the guy that you know is yelling and screaming but at home you can just you know kids are kids aren't dumb they can see when whatever but what i'm getting at is you grow up thinking like if you're insecure i just have to be this guy and it's okay and you you go through all the motions you know if you see your dad or your mom is very insecure about something then you think okay well clearly to be that way is wrong, so I have to be insecure about that too because it's crippling them. Oh, and, then, yeah. and so then you grow up with this crippling thing and you need to accept, like, you know... Again, I'm not putting it all on the parents. I have a, it, no, I'll put it all on the parents. Every single problem that, like... Unless you don't have parents, I'm really sorry, but then it's still kind of that you didn't have parents. Well, parents are responsible for everything in your child's life, period. Mm. Um Okay, that's extreme. But parents play a huge role. I'm deathly terrified of snakes. Mm. Can you take a guess why? Because your dad? Yeah, it's not because I had a traumatic experience with a snake when I was a kid. It's because of my dad. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny because (laughs) I always, I was thinking like, you know, whenever I have a a future wife someday, I always thought, let's not be like, because I hate spiders. But I was like, you know what? If we see a spider, like, this is me thinking like, this is how my brain works. Whenever I have my own place with my wife and we have a kid, Let's not freak out when we see a spider. Let's be like, oh, look, a spider got in the house. And you just kind of let it go. And you know what I mean? If, yes. If, if you just... Tr- it. What? 
fight that resist. Be like, ah, it's later. Yeah, but what I'm getting at is if your if your kids see you react that way, then they're yeah. going to grow up they're thinking this is how too. I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm what yeah. I'm tying in. So if if you um you know. If, if you see your parents like working so hard that they're sacrificing sleep and they're doing all these things and they're not taking care of their bodies, you're going to grow up thinking that that's normal behavior and you're not going to take care of yourself. And so I think self-love is being like, you know what? This paper doesn't need to be written right now. Like what's more important is you know sleep. What if, well, hold on, yeah, or, or, yeah, go ahead. Finish that. Yeah. So yeah. like it's, it's sleep and it's like you can't, it's like whenever you're on an airplane, they say, put your mask on first and then put it on your kids. Mm-hmm. You need to take care of the basic functions of everyday life before you can take care of anything else. If you're sacrificing your health, you're sacrificing your sleep, and you're sacrificing all that stuff, everything else is gone. It, it doesn't matter. So maybe that's self-love too, is like you know, not putting yourself first, meaning like, you know, cutting in front of the line at the fast food restaurant. Well, self-love and putting myself first, like I'm saying... The basic human yeah. functions, making sure that, yeah, I don't know. Kids and dogs have taught me about artificial intelligence. Huh, this is- like AI, it, it watches you. Mm-hmm. It studies your actions. Mm-hmm. It follows your likes. It follows your comments. It reads everything, everything on a, it reads everything about you. Mm-hmm. And it makes educated decisions based on what it thinks you might like. You know, like the, the maps of every day, back and forth, you go to work. When you pull up that map, do you want to go to work mm-hmm. because it sees you go there all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it learns you in the same way, like dogs. If you get a new dog or a puppy, you can try to train it, um, and and you can. But a lot of its behavior is based on watching you, mm-hmm. watching your um, your mannerisms, how you how you sound, how you look. It can probably sense things about us, like especially dogs maybe can even smell us if we smell different when we're about to get angry. Mm-hmm. Like it can maybe smell an odor. Um, odor, I think is something that again, we humans have screwed up. Mm-mm. Like there are times where, no, I, I haven't used soap in almost a year and a half. Hmm. I've not used shampoo in almost a year, over a year and a half. Hmm. Um, I don't want to go get my hair cut because I know they'll use shampoo and I feel like I can't mess my streak up. Um, <laughs> Nobody has really told me yet that that's been an issue. Like sometimes, like, yeah, I wash my hands and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. I use soap and some various, but like, as far as actually getting in the shower, shampooing, getting a washcloth full of soap, washing off my whole body, I don't do that. Yeah. Um, I, but there's sometimes where I'm like, I'll do it now just to check. I have a smell, (laughs) right? Um, I don't smell it. I'm like five feet from you. Right. And most people don't like, I have a smell that I've grown to kind of enjoy. Like I, I get, I'll get a whiff, and I'm like, oh, that's my smell. Oh God, you know, and it's unique to mm-hmm. me. And our society has said, you stink. Put this on, wash this off. The oils on our body, we wash off when we shower all the time. Like those oils are there for a reason. The oils in our hair are there because our body is a living, breathing machine. And I feel like as humans, as time progresses, we do stuff that's so unnatural mm-hmm. um, that. It's not natural to our human condition. Like I, you know, one of my big things is like I want to help people and myself live more naturally in an unnatural world. Mm-hmm. This is such an unnatural world with all the concrete everywhere and all the gross. Like it's so unnatural to the human condition. Mm-hmm. I feel like that adds to some of the problems that we experience as humans. Yeah. 
uh, that I don't even know, but our smell, like even being self-conscious about a smell, like you just think, where deodorant? Well, no, I don't stink. <laughs> this is my smell. It doesn't stink. Like mm-hmm. people are attracted to that mm-hmm. all throughout history. Dogs, they recognize you because of your smell. Mm-hmm. Their scent bank is like our sight bank. Like we see someone and we recognize them. They smell someone and recognize mm-hmm. them. Smells are hugely important to humans where I've even heard studies where like a married couple left without any, um, they think they're perfectly happy together and they love each other. They have sex all the time. If you take all of those artificial scents away, mm-hmm. all of that will disappear because they're not attracted to that scent. Mm-hmm. And they have to use all those scents. Now, I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just interesting. Well, uh, yeah, no, that is. I think... How that comes down to self-love. I, <laughs> I don't know. We're tangents and everything here. but um, Self-love, I think not not practicing it can can get in the way and be detrimental. So what I mean by that is say you have a... I'm talking physical now. Let's say there's a physical attribute about you that you freaking hate. And we all have that thing or multiple things that we just hate and we just don't want people to notice and just don't draw your eyes to it, please. Like for whatever you do, like just don't, don't look at that. My or, big toe fungus. I don't know. look at my big toe. <laughs> well, you're barefoot. You're right in front of me and you said toe fungus. <laughs> I don't see toe fungus. You don't? No. Oh. Don't, just stop looking. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's not that half my big toe fell off because I keep cutting it back. So I'm trying to, whatever. <laughs> okay. But like, we all have we all have that thing, and um, so I'll just say like and I'll just give an example. Say you're a person who you're very self conscious of your teeth, right? And you hate your teeth, and you can't afford braces, and you, your whole life you you smile with your mouth closed, and because of that, it brings on all these other things like you're not fully expressing yourself, and you're afraid to like talk to people, and you kind of just you start to develop all these weird things, and before you know it you don't realize like how much it's crippling you and it's crippling all of these things around you. And I think self love is literally just being like, this is who I am. Um, what, what I'm getting at is I know so many people who have embraced these quote flaws and someone loves them. Like they're like, Whoa, look, this, like, why, why have you never smiled before? Like, you know, mm-hmm. what you look at as this giant mountain that no one will ever see past, someone looks at it as like, oh, really? Like you were that been out of shape over that for like, mm-hmm. it, it's never as big of a deal as we think it is ever. Yeah. And dude, you like, you've got me thinking now. You're right. We are more sharp in the morning. With the tea <laughs> thing, I began to think like, what, how did that, like, you think, well, you're born with teeth. So mm-hmm. is, is your teeth structure dependent on how you were born or does that happen over time? And I've heard that kids who eat a bad diet and don't eat meat and don't eat those tough things to form their jaw structure will leave them with a weak jaw and will leave their teeth all crooked. I don't know. Maybe to some, but I ate meat growing up. My teeth were jacked. Which, up. yeah. And then it might just be a product <laughs> of. Years and years of DNA and genetics right. that no, your jaw structure has just been fucked ever since two thousand years ago. Oh, yeah. and this I is had braces twice. Um, I had braces too. Yeah, but so there's a lot involved in that one that may or may not be our fault. Probably may not with the teeth may not be your fault. And I would imagine to say that a lot of the things that we struggle with as humans mm-hmm. not our fault. 
Um, and yeah, ge- I mean, genetics too. Genetics play a lot in everything. Yeah, like why, um, you know, why, like, why do I keep getting acne? Like, why is this keep happening? You know, I'm, there's just literally the list goes on. You, yeah. you, you know, the list. Well, I'll talk like being overweight. Yeah. People think about their overweight, and this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, I used to think people were fat because they were lazy. Because they were lazy and they didn't have any self-control or willpower. And I realized that those things, while they play a little bit into your weight, the majority of your weight is predominantly what you eat. Mm. Um, the types of not just food in its entirety, but each specific food macronutrient plays a role in your body. Mm. And our eating habits are largely determined by our parents mm. and their parents from their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents. It goes back and forth and over time – if we've been doing the wrong things, eating the wrong things, and ev- today's world, I hate the fact when people say everybody is different. Yes, they are. They are different, but the foods remain largely the same in terms of how they work in your body. So people that get overweight and things like that, but then they see somebody else's skinny and they're like, well, they're eating the same thing that I'm eating. I must be lazy. Mm. No, that's not true. Just your bodies might be different. They might be able to handle those foods a little bit better. They may be more insulin sensitive. You might be a little more insulin resistant. Therefore, you're putting on more weight. And that's why you need to maybe cut back on the carbohydrates or whatever. Or All of these things, I used to think and look at fat people as being lazy. And so, and now, now that I understand it, mm. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, no, I want to. It's not about appearance. Mm-hmm. It's not about looks. Your looks don't define who you are. No. But it is about being healthy and understanding how that works. And I'm not saying you got to be skinny to feel better. But if you're looking at yourself, well, you're like, I can't tie my shoes anymore. Yeah. I can't get on the floor and play with the kids anymore. And I can't do all of these physical limitations that come with being large. Like, hey, listen, you can fix that. Like, mm-hmm. you, we can work on that. Um, yes, there was going to be some grand thing there. But like all of these things that... We just do what people have always done, mm-hmm. not realizing where that's going to take us. And sometimes we need to take a step back and be like, wait a minute. What do I got to do? Like, if I don't like this about myself, why don't I like it, for one thing? And B, well, how can I maybe fix it? And maybe that's self-love, is looking, taking a good, honest look at yourself and the things that you would like to improve and doing some research and figuring out how to improve them. Yeah, and going back to loving yourself before someone else can love you, I'm I'm doing like more like a little thinking about that. And I think um, if you're dating somebody, or you're even friends with somebody who they just keep getting in their own way, they just keep they, they the, there's like this thing that they if they just would let this go, it would make things so much better. Like, um, oh, well, let me just let me just think for a second here. Okay, say say your friends your friend group loves to go swimming, but you are just so self conscious without with having your shirt off okay mm-hmm. and so every summer comes around and all your friends are always going to the lake or they're going to the pool and you're always like oh no and then it's st- and it starts hindering you from doing like fun things with your friends mm-hmm. i think that's a sign that like okay this is starting to affect my life and you know what your friends probably don't give a crap what you look like with your shirt off they just want you to go have fun with them yeah like they aren't thinking about the fact that you have stretch marks or you have like an extra roll yeah they just want you to have fun right and if you would just rip your shirt off and own own like i guarantee they aren't even thinking about your your stretch marks they're probably thinking finally it's been seven summers and you're now they're not even thinking about that either 
Well, no, I mean, you know well, what I mean? well, well, yeah, what I'm getting at <laughs> yeah, is that they're, no, they're, they're finally like, oh my God, yes, like we can finally go have fun. And, and yes, and I want to add, because I was talking about it too. If you, if you wait and you think, say you're that person, you think, well, I'm, I'm a little large. I don't want people to see me. If you do, let's say you do decide, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to diet. I'm going to find a diet that works for me. I'm going to work out and I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to get ripped before I do it. Mm hmm there's still something in your brain that's not fixed. Oh, yes. You so, know? yeah. So, um, uh, it's not about your appearance. No, it's not about that. It's not about your appearance. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point is if I just, if I just get to this point, then I can do it. You'll never get to that point. No, ever. No, I promise you. No, I haven't yet. No, <laughs> say, um, oh man, dude, there's, there, there's a whole story that I have, but I don't want to share it this episode, but it plays into this and it's, I keep all the scenarios I keep thinking of are about this story. And there's a little teaser to keep listening. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've told you that even me, when I look in the mirror, I still see you got some work to do. That's not what, that's not what you, that's not what you want your body to look like. And I'm still struggling with like the appearance that I want versus how I want to live. So where it comes into a factor of loving yourself for someone else, loving you, you know, if your wife, Emily, kept seeing you beating yourself up all the time, kept seeing you, you know, I don't want to go here. Well, why don't you want to go, John? I just, I, I don't feel like I look very, you know, that, that does get exhausting after a while. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, like, I love you for you. Why can't you just see that you, yeah. like, well, why, for why me, can't it's you not it? about like, I don't care. I walk around without a shirt on all the time. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that I'm, but I see, I have this in my head image of what you could be. I, you know, I don't know. I'm still trying to work through that. Like, I like my lifestyle right now. Mm-hmm. And I like how I work out. I like how I eat. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a balance of listen. This, if all of this stuff, how you live, how you eat, how you work out, you're happy with. Which one's more important mm-hmm. for your long term? Like, you look great, fantastic. I know that. But I'm like, but do and so I'm I'm still trying to figure out like, well, why, what is it? What am I looking for? Mm-hmm. I don't know, you mm-hmm. know. And like I said, it's not like a huge struggle or anything like that. But that's why I'm telling people like, if you're if you're after a number on a scale, if you're after a look, achieving that might not fix what's really there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that going after that is a bad thing, but don't think that that's going to solve your problems. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's almost a goal that you'll never you're not after the result you're after a feeling mm-hmm. and you just got to make sure your motives are pure in what you're doing because um, so, if you're chasing a six pack when you get your six pack you'll never see it mm-hmm. because it's just you know people say that all the time there's another episode or another podcast called two big guys that's t o o big guys that I really love it's friends of mine that talk about the struggles of being overweight really like what they have going on there um because they even say that they're like you know even if i lose weight every time i look in the mirror i still see who i used to be Mm. and even though that's about weight i still think that there's so many things that we carry with us Mm. it's emotional baggage physical baggage things like that that we might be able to fix it almost put a band-aid on it but never get to the root cause like the relationship stuff if you never process it if you never feel why you felt that way in the first place 
Well, I was about to tie back into yeah. like the original topic with relationships. How I, I think you're hitting like a good nail. Like you're, you're hitting a good point here. If you don't, if you're if you're not getting to the cause of what's causing you distress in your life, no matter what you do, if you take up a new hobby, if you take up a new activity, if you go volunteer, all great things, but they aren't solving what the, where the insecurity is stemming from in the mm. first place. What what's getting in your way in the first place. So right. just being brave enough to address it. And it's scary. A lot of people mask it with so many things. Yeah. They're all, you know, we've kind of been talking about this in various episodes, you know, the grass being greener on the other side, various coping mechanisms you can do, um, which a lot of the things, the self-love, the self-care, I, I think sometimes they can be coping mechanisms um, and not bad ones and good ones like volunteering and, and exercising and working out and things like that. But we want to make sure that we are attacking what's causing us to need those things and not yeah. just trying to escape the feeling for a little bit. The biggest thing that I struggle with, and this is going to continue on after this episode, is just feeling like um, like I would much rather focus my thoughts and energy on someone else than myself. It, it always feels like we talked about. It feels very selfish to be like, what does Tim need right now? So I don't want to think about, I don't, and I don't know if that comes down to a self-worth issue or not, but again, if it's a self-worth issue, figuring out why I have low self-worth and where that, where does that even come from? Mm-hmm. Is that just a thing made up in my brain or did someone make me feel like I have low self-worth? Like you just have to ask yourself yeah. these questions. Yeah. I think that, and I think a lot of people struggle with that one too, feeling like they're not good enough. You know? Yeah. So I, I think that, yeah. that plays a huge part in mm-hmm. self-love. Like you just don't think you're good enough to even try. Well, like, why should I even go it's to the hard. gym? Like, I, I, yeah. like how, you know, why do I matter? I like my, my heart, I don't want to say my heart breaks, but my heart does break in a way there's, I mean, I just, I see so many different people where I always go back to like the natural set, like what as humans, like how the, this world is just so unnatural. It's not necessarily a bad thing, mm. but it is unnatural and we've got to learn to live in it and with people with stressful jobs, like good stressful jobs that, you know, suffer some mental anguish and because they suffer some mental anguish, they'll, they'll go to food. Mm. I do it alcohol. I do it. Um, and I'm not saying these things from like, these are all things that I struggle. Like even now I still get, I still eat emotionally. Mm-hmm. Only I've changed the foods. I eat. We're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm eating two ribeyes today, mm-hmm. you know? And I know the foods aren't necessarily detrimental to my body, but the behavior mm-hmm. it, you know, the behavior that mental is so like I've nailed one of them, mm-hmm. but then then I know the the people that get emotional and they'll eat an entire carton of ice cream. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll drink a bottle of whiskey. They'll do all of these things that they might be thinking you're feeling bad, but like and then then you've got to suffer from the consequences of what those bad decisions did to you. Yeah, I'll go hook up with all these people because I'm ready for it. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And then you hook up with four different people in a week and you're like, oh boy. Yeah. And you now gain, I- you gain weight, or you get an STD. And now you're guilty about doing that because of the things you did that you thought might have helped in the moment. And I just, I want to tell everybody, take a deep breath. Like nothing is reversible because you're not defined. Like I do feel like everybody has a chance for redemption. Like there might be consequences. Did you say behavior. nothing is irreversible? Nothing is irreversible. Oh, irreversible. Um, you know, where if you're that person that just used food, used alcohol, used these things to cope and you've gained weight, there's, there's, there's hope. Like mm-hmm. it's not about your appearance. Like I don't want everybody to think you talk about gaining weight and people are like, Oh, it's about love your body and all this stuff. That, yes, do that. Mm-hmm. 
but there are health complications that come with that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I worry about that behaviors that we do that we think are helping ultimately will end to long-term problems and that there's hope for that. There's Mm -hmm. people in the relationships that get out of a relationship and go do all that crazy stuff. Like there's hope, like if you realize that wasn't a good decision, Mm -hmm. like don't, don't feel guilt, maybe feel a little bit of guilty. (laughs) You already (laughs) feel, but you're not a bad person because of that. And I don't know. Yeah, we could go along and, and I, well, this might be my anxiety being like, listen, you've said a lot of things that are really deep. So just keep talking so people understand your heart and where you're coming from. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, people are smart. They can pick it apart. Yeah. The, the thing is, um, yeah, I, I don't really have like a good tie, a, a good bow to tie this up with, but I know, like I said, for me, I, John and I really struggle with, uh, self, like I said, we still have a hard time even yeah. answering what that even is. Self love, self care. This podcast is us loving ourselves. Um, I don't know. I look at it as therapy, honestly. I enjoy it. Yeah. It's therapy because, yeah, I don't know. If it ever, we'll put this on, if it ever became stressful, mm-hmm. I think we owe it to ourselves to say, hey, stressful. Mm hmm not doing it this week or whatever. I feel like we owe that. We need to keep that in check. Maybe that's our way of being self-love. This is something we both enjoy. Keeping yourself in check. So down the road, if if it ever becomes stressful, you and I both need to be honest about that and be like, listen, this is stressful. I don't want to do this part. How can we get around that? Things like that. Well, yeah, and I do think some stress is good because in order to grow, you need to yeah. you need you need to stress like in order to gain muscle, you have to stress yes, your stress body out. Yeah. And then because of that, it becomes stronger. Yeah. And so I think whenever you're dating somebody, in order to grow as a couple, you have to go through those hard decisions because through those hard decisions, you grow as a couple. Yeah. Like, wow, we bought a house together. That right. was stressful, you but look how strong we are. Another house the next day. No. <laughs> and you don't want to go work out the same muscles the next day. Right. Because then that stress builds up over time. Yes. It's not going to be helpful. So stress in small doses mm-hmm. is good. It's healthy. Stress mm-hmm. every hour or every day, not so good. Mm-hmm. Just so. being self-aware. Yeah. And like I said, there's going to be a part two. I don't know if it's going to be next week or not, but there's like a whole can of worms we can get into that will be good. So, yeah, man. This Did you is touch the- a worm? Um, I've touched many worms. What well, do you mean? I'm just curious. Yeah. Have you ever like, never mind. Because <laughs> you don't want your kids ever to be afraid of worms, right? No. Speaking of fear, mm-hmm. just kidding. It's an hour. See you guys. All right. Speaking of fear, just kidding. Okay. Yeah. We'll see you on Monday. Uh, we're talking about switching the format real quick. We might do the full length episodes on Monday and doing midweek thoughts on Thursday because that would actually make sense. So if you do notice on a Monday, there's a full length, like that's just us. I know like three of you are like, finally, I've been screaming <laughs> that out loud for weeks now. Just switch them. I know. All right, cool. We will see you guys on Monday. <laughs>